Welcome to Breaking Green, a podcast by Global Justice Ecology Project. On Breaking Green, we will talk with activists and experts to examine the intertwined issues of social, ecological, and economic injustice. We will also explore some of the more outrageous proposals to address climate and environmental crises that are falsely being sold as green. I am your host, Steve Taylor. New Zealand is a GE-free zone where all produce grown in the country can be guaranteed GE-free. Companies are allowed to do research with genetically modified organisms, but according to current New Zealand law, such organisms must be proven safe before they are allowed for use in farming. Yet, as New Zealand heads into its 2023 election, several national political parties are threatening New Zealand's GE-free status by suggesting the revocation of its precautionary legislation. In this episode of Breaking Green, we will talk with Claire Bleakley, president of GE-free New Zealand, about this push for dropping this long-cherished GE-free status and what and who is behind it. Claire Bleakley is the president of GE-free New Zealand. GE-free New Zealand has been active in raising awareness around the dangers of genetic engineering and gene editing over the last 20 years. Claire and her husband live on a small organic farm in New Zealand. Claire has always been concerned about the chemical impacts on the environment and health, and she became actively involved in the GE-free movement when genetically engineered animals and crops were designed to withstand a cocktail of herbicides and insecticidal toxins. Claire and GE-free New Zealand have successfully challenged in court the safety of GE animals and crops. Claire Bleakley, welcome to Breaking Green. Well, thank you so much for having me on Great Breaking Green. It's very early in the morning over in Aotearoa, though. <laughs> it is a New Zealand interview, and thank you for accommodating us. What time is it, your time? It is 7 o'clock. Oh, 7 a.m. Wow. Yeah, and one day ahead of us, I believe. It is. I was just saying to my daughter, uh, this is yesterday for me. <laughs> So I'm not sure how that means I need to frame the questions in the past, but, uh, you know, maybe we're overthinking it. I think we certainly... That that darn international dateline, I'll tell you what. It's great talking to you. Um, I got to know you in in May when we were both on a delegation uh, to Brazil uh, to investigate eucalyptus plantations and, and, and how a GE version of eucalyptus could make things even worse for traditional and indigenous communities. Uh, so it's nice to see you again. Thank you so much. It's absolutely wonderful. And I love the Breaking Green podcasts. Oh, that's so kind of you to say. Do you have any thoughts on that trip? Uh, we, we talked to Ann Peterman in the uh, prior episode, but what were your thoughts? My thoughts were it was the most amazing delegation, and we represented so many countries. Uh, the meeting of the people, the Bah in Bahia, Espirito Santo, Mato uh, Sul, Um, I was actually saddened by the political situation that these people were in. However, um, when I talked to them, the hope they had to be able to 
find their, uh, I think they call it demarcation, uh, to, to find their lands, to get them given back at least the respect to live within their lands, their ancestral lands. Um, the, we, we met the Kiambola people who were just so lovely and they took us to an 80 year old, um, dance really, a, a birthday party. So we, what we can see for me is that indigenous people and people who are being, um, under great pressure still have the resilience and the fight back, which is positive. That's what came to me there. Yeah, I, I, I have to agree with you 100%. It was uh, very inspiring. Although at the time, uh, it was really troubling to hear about how these plantations, these green deserts, these, these monoculture eucalyptus plantations were just taking over communities, creating green deserts, uh, you know, removing biodiversity. And now there's these genetically engineered versions, which uh, could make the situation worse. But I agree with you. Uh, uh, they, they, their hope, their uh, struggle uh, was inspiring. What did shock me, apart from the inspiring people, was the vastness that those plantations have um, overtaken Brazil. It was, I, I think you remember, we drove for many hours, for five hours, and all we saw on either side were these monocultures of plantations. I took a video um, within the forest one day, and it was silent. There was nothing, no diversity, as you mentioned, no biodiversity, no life, except for the sound of trucks uh, of, and machines chopping trees. It felt like the thneeds that in Lorax, <laughs> the, the, those truffler trees being chopped down. However, when we got to um, the Ofei community, the, the birds that were there were just so happy and they were singing and it was... Uh, uh, it was just bird life, and suddenly you saw life in those indigenous trees, and you realize that those plantations are just monocultures of death for me. Right. That's a very interesting observation. It, it was a quite a different experience being in uh, native uh, Cerrado environs that is being removed now for, for these, just these monocultures. And it, it, it is like a, a desert. Until you're there, you just don't realize the vastness. How many times you're told it's, it's, it's just in a vast expanse of plants and they're green, but it's, it's really a desert. Uh, the life has been just taken out of that that biome so uh yeah you're right when we when we met with that indigenous community because i was doing some videography myself and i've done some editing and and you can tell a complete difference in the soundtrack uh you know it's it's uh, there's life in 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 the indigenous community and it's just uh you know a silence other than trucks and the like in in, in the other you are president of ge free new zealand and uh and New Zealand is currently a GE free zone. Uh, could you uh, tell us what is uh, a GE free zone that uh, New Zealand is? New Zealand is a very small country, and we call ourselves by our indigenous name Aotearoa. Um, 
We have been fighting since probably 1995 to keep New Zealand as a, and we're moving to an organic regenerative culture um, farming system. We're small, but um, since 1995, there was a threat, let's say, to introduce genetically engineered crops into our country. We, we actually created legislation that basically said, if you're going to do this, we have a five-step process which goes, you can introduce it, you can develop it or produce it as a product in your laboratories. And then as it grows up and you put those into bigger and bigger organisms, you have to go through to what we call field trials. Um, in Aotearoa, we do not have, we don't grow canola commercially very big, and nor do we have corn rootworm. So actually the two plants that were introduced genetically engineered to withstand chemicals, we weren't growing. So we kind of got forgotten, which was very lucky for us. However, um, big, big, um, corporations like Genzyme, Monsanto, which is now Monsanto Bayer or Bayer Monsanto, um, all used us as a developing station for product development. So they asked if they could genetically engineer for field trials certain products. So the canola was done, it failed. We've had about 10 different um, applications for field trials, and not one of them has succeeded. We have two trials still going as field trials, GE animals to produce pharmaceuticals in their milk. The animals are just suffering so, so badly. It's, it's criminal. It really is the cruelty they have to go through. But the milks are a failure. Uh, and we also, what they've done is instead of understanding the failure, they've moved to smaller animals because they said that the big animals were too difficult. So in a way, the product development behind this is like, if this product fails, let's try a new product. It's not real science. It's actually, as I say, you're a commercial person doing product development. And the second one, which is why um, Aotearoa is so important to the GE tree debate, is that we developed GE eucalypt through Arbogen. Um, and then they sent those trees to their main office in America, in the US, sorry, and to Brazil. I'm not sure how future gene, which is the Susano version that has been approved in Brazil, uh, relates to the Arbogen, but I think that probably there may be a cross-patent uh, um, understanding because the um, developments of the trees, the eucalyptus uh, genetically engineered trees, contain the same product developments of genetic engineering that New Zealand did. We also have genetically engineered pines that are, um, have suffered a few setbacks where 
um, activists and people cut down the trees twice. Um, we did go to them. There are only about 340 trees left. And to date, um, they do not perform anywhere near as well as a conventional pine tree. But we've spent millions and millions of dollars of our own research, Aotearoa, New Zealand's own research money, as well as the corporate's research money. And we've got a shown a total failure. So let me understand, though, there's this research and development going on, but can these organisms be uh, planted or utilized inside of New Zealand? Nobody, we, if somebody applied, they can still apply for this. But when it comes to commercialization, I think it's very similar to the USDA. They have to prove safety. They have to prove that there will be no danger to the environment. And um, we have cyclones, we have floods, we have everything. I think they are finding it. We are not big enough and commercial enough because in our, our farms are probably what <laughs> you in America would say are small farms. They're quite small, so their capacity is small, but the ability for cross-contamination and genetic pollution crossing into non-GM areas uh, is, um, is unable to be controlled. And so it just hasn't been applied for. Um, so yes, we can say that Aotearoa New Zealand is genetically engineered free in its commercial environment. So everything that is grown here that you buy will have been fed either organically or on grass-fed good principles. Um, so, yeah, we're very proud for that. So when we say New Zealand is, an, uh, is a GE-free zone, it means that everything that is produced commercially for sale in New Zealand is either organic or, or does not have uh, uh, genetically engineered uh, modifications. Is that correct? That is correct. In the commercial growing environment. Oh, no, in the whole growing environment. However, just to be very clear, um, we have a food standards authority that's a trans-Tasman, works with Australia. Australia has a free trade deal with America, and they also grow certain genetically modified crops. Australia does. We were able to keep those out, but the food standards has approved them for as a processed product into the food chain. So if we import, we can import genetically modified um, say corn oil or canola oil or the oils, but they have to be refined and non-viable, which means I can't buy some um, genetically modified soybeans to eat and then plant them. That's illegal. Uh, understood. That's interesting. So, so uh, well, I, I, I was really surprised to learn that status uh, for New Zealand, that you just cannot grow any genetically modified organism uh, for production in New Zealand. You, you can import, you're telling me now, but you, 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 you cannot grow commercially. So if you buy a product from New Zealand, it is organic and GE-free. Absolutely. It is definitely that. 
but it is not necessarily the land may have had chemicals used on it to strip the grass instead of plowing, um, so desiccation, um, and then that is used with, say, glyphosate spray or something. So that's where you use it. But in the growing season, the pesticide, the herbicides of genetic modified crops, as well as the toxins that the BT corn produces are not allowed in New Zealand. So everything, once it's growing, cannot be sprayed with uh, anything, um, a herbicide. Interesting. That That's very different than the United States, I would say. Oh, really? What are you like? <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, so Claire, I, I think you're kind of feigning ignorance about the uh, genetically engineered environment or the commercial environment in the United States, because I think you're very concerned about it. Because one of the reasons we're talking to you is because your organization released a press release decrying statements by some major political players in your country uh, saying that if they win the next election, they're, they're going to open up New Zealand to genetic engineering, the growing of genetically engineered organisms in New Zealand based upon the potential for free trade agreements with the United States. Yes. Uh we are in the middle, Aotearoa is in the middle of an election campaign. We have five years, uh, five weeks before we vote. And the three major political parties have basically, um, the, have basically said, we would like to lift the ban on genetically modified crops. They want to put in a gene regulator, gene technology regulator, like Australia, who approves um, genetically modified crops. However, uh, in the last election, they pushed very, very hard to say their main policy was to create a free trade deal with the USA. Now, what came out in um, OIA reports was that if U.S. was not that interested in a free trade deal unless we dropped our GE-free status. And I believe uh, the Labour Party did not succeed in that election, but in this election it looks like they will. And that policy to drop our GE-free will lead to the U.S., um, discussions, talks on a free trade deal. Now, for us, our GE-free status is as important to many, many people as the um, nuclear-free status that we have. And we're, we are fighting very, very heavily to say this is a very, very risky thing to our environment, to our lifestyles, to our economy. We do not want genetically modified or engineered anything in this country. And what we have seen is we can grow quality food organically and conventionally, and we do not need genetic modification. What we do see, however, is um, 
About in 2015, there was the International Biotechnology Conference in Rotorua, where the GE trees are, uh, and field trial. And they had Syngenta and Monsanto on the stage. And they talked about uh, early adopters, middle adopters, resistant adopters, and deniers. And so what they've done is they've saturated the, the, the big corporations have saturated the markets for the easy adopters. And a lot of those people are now questioning whether, um, the weeds in their fields can actually be sustained, carried on being sustained with pesticides. So they're moving away a little bit, I believe, from genetic modification of crops and moving either to different crops or more conventionally grown, traditionally bred crops. What the problem I have is we are seen as a middle adopter. So they're now putting pressure on that middle group who they feel they could make some money in. There is another uh, aspect. The EU is a very resistant to genetic modification and they have some very, very strong laws. If they undermine all their trading partners by polluting them with GE, they will come a stage where the Europe will have to drop those statuses to find the food that they need. Wow. So in, in the press release um, by uh, uh, GE Free New Zealand, uh, the organization you are president of, it says, Quote you as saying, we cannot compromise our economy by allowing the deregulation and release of GE organisms into the environment when the science shows that there are so many risks and unknown effects from genetic engineering. Um, who do you think is behind this push? Who's, who stands to benefit from the dropping of the uh, GE-free status for New Zealand? Well, New Zealand doesn't. However, we will, we, we believe that, um, it will be the multi corporations. Now, it's a very interesting thing. For the sake of argument, Bayer has bought Monsanto, the Monsanto seeds. They also produce their own chemicals, but they also produce drugs. So what we've got is this circle of, don't worry, if our GE causes harm, we've got the drugs to help you get over your illness. <laughs> and so in a way, we've got this circle of control. And what I see is the person who, or the companies, the five big companies in the world, Bassett, um, Dow Chemical, um, Bayer Monsanto, and I think there's two more, Cargill's one, um, if they all are controlling the seed supply, as well as getting rid of the small traditional farmer, then they have control of life because, of course, our food is life. And just another thing, all these seeds, to my knowledge, are patented, which means there's an ownership fee. Where we, we, I'm talking to you when outside we have a 120-kilometer gale. If we are growing a GE crop, they're going to pollute my organic farm. There is no laws in New Zealand around 
liability because we don't need it. So who's, how do, who proves who contaminated who? If you're growing uh, Dow Chemicals crop, I'm growing Bayer Monsanto's crop and the organic farm next door gets polluted, most of our crops may have the same um, tolerance to herbicides. So how are you going to prove which one of us? So we're pitting neighbor against neighbor. We've also got to get the organic farmer to prove who it was who contaminated. But he may say, well, it's actually the person across the lake that actually contaminated you. So this is a... Um, the other thing that I have a knowledge of is that the liability of any pollution or contamination of another crop comes from the farmer, lies with the farmer, not with the company. The company can get their IP from you, but they can't, if you grow it, they will blame you for that contamination of the next person. We can't afford that in, in New Zealand. We are too small. Our farms are too small. Our weather's too different. I'm sure you know about our earthquakes, you know. And um, so thank you for that question because it's not often able to be expressed. But going back, we will lose our sovereignty and we cannot afford to lose our GE-free status because of those risks firstly to people's health, but to the environment and to our economy. Well, the, so the, there's a lot at play with this. So New Zealand does have its GE-free zone status, which is, uh, I, I think, uh, pretty uh, astounding. I mean, uh, given the current uh, regulatory uh, environment in the United States and in many other countries. So you've all fought hard for that. And I think you have what's called a precautionary legislation that you need to prove something safe before you you actually plant it and grow it. Release and it. It's, right, right. And, th and that's different. So it's, it's interesting that um, this prospect for a trade agreement with the United States, which uh, is really promoting this, this bio and biotechnology, uh, that there's actually seems to be somewhat of, um, oh, I don't know, uh, uh, pressure being put on New Zealand somehow is is that an accurate interpretation that there's some sort of economic pressure? I I think um, I think the parties that are promoting the GE free uh, um, ban lifting of the ban they are very very they related to business and specifically new business. And so what they see is the U.S. has a market for new business, right? So we will be able, with a free trade deal, to start selling you our IT. Or, uh, But agriculture plays a big part within the U.S. Uh, Aotearoa free trade deal. And they, we do know that there has been leveled. You have to get rid of the ban on GE. We would like to say there is no ban. You have to prove that it's safe for us to grow in this country. And that is why we don't have it commercialized, because nobody has been able to prove the safety. It just seems common sense to have a precautionary stance. 
uh, you know, let's prove that this is safe before we do it. And, and it almost seems like uh, often the burden is prove that it's unsafe, uh, which does not seem to be the most judicious approach because life is so complex. The environment is so complex. And also there's this issue at the center of a lot of this is, is sovereignty, the heritage of seeds, who owns the seeds, um, sovereignty issues, as we saw in, in, in Brazil, land sovereignty. And, and now what, what you're talking about, which is a sovereignty uh, of, of, of New Zealand and its right to determine uh, its citizens to, to be more determinative of, of what is allowed, what is grown. Yeah, just, just something I missed out. Um, we have an act called the Hazardous Substances, a New Organisms Act. And you have to prove, uh, well, you have to have done the experiments to show that it is safe to release. And the li- uh, and so in that, the liability lies with you, uh, uh, with the regulator, really, so the government. In, a, uh, in the U.S., my understanding is, from my interactions with APHIS, is that I can raise my concerns and Monsanto has to guarantee they don't have to, the, 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 the regulator doesn't have to guarantee the safety. The product developer has to. So in, we can't sue in Aotearoa. We have a, a legislation that if you get harmed, the government will pay through the health system or whatever. It's called ACC. In America, you can sue. And so I think what makes uh, us very a very nice country to move into and pollute with genetically engineered um, organisms is that we, as the government or the taxpayer or the ratepayer, take the liability because they don't have to worry about it. So there are, as you said, many fish hooks in introducing GE into Aotearoa. And if we harmonize through a US trade free trade deal, we will run into possibly problems of not being able to um, say, no, we don't want it anymore, just like Mexico and your free trade deal, NAFTA free trade deal. Yeah, it's a heavy hammer, these free trade agreements when it it comes to to issues such as this. Um, So what is the landscape with the upcoming election? Do you have parties or candidates who are saying that they would uh, uh, maintain or honor, uh, protect uh, New Zealand's uh, GE uh, free status? Okay, so we have three parties, national, ACT and TOP, they are parties that have said, when we get in, we're going to lift the ban on GMOs. Now, they are a clique. So basically, National leads ACT or TOP to rule, to govern. So they've sort of got a cohesive thing. On the other side, we have the Labour Party and the Green Party and New Zealand First, all the Labour Party is saying, no, our legislation's good enough. The Green Party says, no, we're going to keep it in the lab or in field development and the or in containment, sorry. And the New Zealand First is also saying, we don't want GE, but we will go with our legislation as it stands. So our legislation 
by many people, farmers, consumers, and certain parties, see as fit for purpose. In other words, we don't need to change it. And the other parties are saying, no, it's way too strict. We want to get rid of it, put in a gene technology regulator that we may find is headed by, for the sake of argument, many of the industry people, and suddenly they, they, I, I asked a National Party representative at the meeting, um, what is the legislation that they will, will they work under this new legislation? And he said, I don't know anything about that. I don't know. But to lift the ban, you have to lift the legislation. So I see this disappoints me because he, it's his party that's lifting the ban and he, is standing for a party and he knows nothing about it. So the ignorance into the dangers and the risks of GE for Aotearoa New Zealand are seriously um, lacking within the party that wants to lift them. So they don't understand what GE could do to us. And that is my problem. Well, Claire, for, for people who want to know more about what is at stake, where can they go? Where can listeners go to learn more about this? We have a website, which is www.gfree.org.nz. And on it, we have our press releases. We have many, many articles and documents which show, which, which have been published through international journals, which show that there are risks and dangers. Um, we have um, on that site, the OIA uh, Official Information Act requests on the information that I've given you. So you can go to the site and you can read the replies from those government agencies about what we've talked about. Anybody can go and have a read of it and see what we're doing. Is there anything I haven't asked you that you would like to talk about regarding this? No, I'd like to thank you very, very much for this very interesting conversation. And I'd like to say anybody, especially the um, New Zealanders who can vote in America, please vote for a, G to, a GE-free Aotearoa New Zealand. Yes, keep us GE-free. Please vote that way. Thank you, Claire. Thank you. You have been listening to Breaking Green a Global Justice Ecology Project podcast. To learn more about Global Justice Ecology Project, visit globaljusticeecology.org. Breaking Green is made possible by tax-deductible donations by people like you. Please help us lift up the voices of those working to protect forests, defend human rights, and expose false solutions. Simply text GIVE, G-I-V-E, to one. 716-257-4187. That's 1716-257-4187.